G'day guys, welcome to the next episode of Two Red Chairs. This is the podcast where I, Frank, am talking with other fellow designers from Australia and around the world. So this is my uh, next guest. He is Brandon Gross. He's from the US. He is a UX designer and I'm going to introduce him now so he can tell you a bit about more about what he does for his uh, for his career and what he where he's got to and, and it's a really interesting story and what he does. Um, so g'day Brandon, how you doing mate? Doing pretty plentiful, feeling very good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Um, we're in two different time zones, obviously. So I'm at the start of the day and Brandon's towards the end of the day here. Um, so we're going to try and keep it up in the air, keep it, keep the energy up from my, my <laughs> end. I think Brandon's always got some energy, which is amazing. So um, Brandon, if you could give us a bit of an introduction of what it is you do and, and what you've, what's led to where you are now, um, just to give everyone a bit of context. For sure. So if you don't know your boy, my name is Brandon Gross. I'm a designer and digital strategist for Fortune 500s. And I happen to educate designers that were basically in the position I was a couple years back, how to position their brand and get hired with the brands that they would like to work for and or with. So that is a little bit about me in a nutshell. Um, and what, lay it down. What do, what do we need to get into, Frank? You lay down well, I, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the lane groundwork. and it's... I will traverse. Let's go for it. So the, the, that intro that you gave was something that you do um, on your intro for your own content, for your videos. Um, it's your boy, Brandon Correct. Gross, who work with five, Fortune 500 companies. I'm interested on that particular part. How is it that you've got to uh, work with those five, Fortune 500 companies in your career so far? That's a great, that's a great question. So let me, let's reverse the tape real quick. How I started for context, I did not go to college. I basically slept on the floor, ate peanut butter, jelly, and sandwiches, and slept in a, in a, the sleeping bag didn't have cockroaches per se, but they were basically <laughs> my neighbor. Um, not far from, I'm sure I've eaten a couple in my sleep. So, basically oh, hard knocks, figuring out how this digital life, or this digital industry worked by working with startups, and eventually working with a fairly large client in the fitness industry, and moving, uh, I'm from, Maryland uh, in the United States and I was living in Texas at the time my home is Maryland I moved back to Maryland ended up working at a design agency and was able to work with some very high-class uh, clients such as Volkswagen Salesforce um, Disney and uh, just a lot and so I got a lot of experience in the designing side of things which is great that was cool but at the same time I was really infatuated with uh, teaching as well. I'm a martial artist by trade. Um, I've been uh, in martial arts and really training full time from the age of eight to 16. And so I really wanted to learn how to teach. So I was, you know, on YouTube, watching people like Rand Seagal, um, and, every, you know, Jesse Showalter, uh, people who were teaching online. And then I started to get my feet into creating content which then led to, um, you know, just trying to pick a task to create some uh, discipline in myself. I haven't, I hadn't, when I moved back from Texas to Maryland, I had not trained for a consecutive amount of years. And I wanted to create another task for myself to instill some discipline in me because I wasn't training any longer. So I was posting 
two to three times a day, Monday through Sunday. And you probably like, Brandon, why the hell are you doing that? What was the goal? Uh, one I mean, was the, the same thing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of people you guys will see in the design space. You got people just churning out content like nobody else's business and in carousel form, which we can talk about later. Because, anyway, you guys, I have not been on Instagram because you carousel makers. I know you guys make great stuff, but a lot of y'all making really redundant stuff. Anyway, um, we're not going to burn any bridges today. That's okay, so, <laughs> you're like, it's okay, Brandon. We, yeah, yeah, by the we way, get. guys. <laughs> it's burnout. <laughs> Um, and I would like to so in terms of consistent, bit... you know, I go, let's get back to that consistency part because I think that's quite yeah. interesting. The parallel there. Yeah. So it was just a, a, a task for myself for consistency. Um, I had no real goal for it besides like, can I do something consistently day in and day out? And I saw, actually there was a goal. I saw other people, uh, like these inspiration boards being able to grow like silly large mm. followings. And I was like, can I do this? but with a human aspect. And so I tried that, did really well, and um, I actually did this in not just my own personal account, but with a uh, gaming PC account, and that actually took off before my own account. It got to 60,000 two years ago. (laughs) Damn. And what what, what kind of content was that then? It was, I'm not sure if this is the professional term, it's probably not, but it's like (laughs) PC nerd porn that has nothing to do with anything sexual of the kind but it's basically like super cool setups for massively nerdy people like if you don't want to get up out of bed like gaming setups and that kind of stuff yes amazing i like that at the time i wanted to do like a shopify store because every entrepreneur or every youtuber was trying to like sell somebody about shopify or bitcoin or something i got on the shopify train and i tried to do this with uh social media in in this area and it, it worked pretty well and um it was a good like test company or uh test project and um from that i just got a whole bunch of learnings to then apply to my own stuff and at the time i think around where that was around like 60 70 000, my account was like at 10,000 20,000 but the thing is is i got a lot of partnership opportunities with lg lg actually reached out to me via email and was like yo we like what you're doing do you want to do um x y and z campaigns with us and it only started with one and by the way i actually thought it was a phishing scam because i was like who the fuck sent me a korean email like who you you think you got me you, you really think and then i was like my oh. thought that, that would be exactly my thoughts i'd be like I'd show my wife and go, "This is uh, here, darling. This is the prime example of a phishing, like just absolute spam, like ha ha ha." And then just write back right. some like bullshit response. <laughs> exactly, but um, you got to do your due diligence. In yep. uh, you know, I I I just copied and pasted the name into Google, and I was like, "Oh, this really is the marketing manager of okay. LG. Let me go ahead and respond to this." So mm. I did about three campaigns with them on social. And uh, that was my experience with LG. And the only reason it was three campaigns is because I really just, um, I wasn't super serious about building that brand. It was more so like a testing thing and it was an accident. So how did they come across you? Was it just the content you were putting up on your personal content. page, and what the and what interest what interested them the most? Then, if, my if anything, numbers. If they... yeah, it okay. was insane. 
Okay. I was one of the smallest accounts, but with running the largest motherfucking numbers. I was outperforming okay. because I was posting three, four times a day and just blowing up hashtags uh, like no others. Like there were pages with a million followers and I was running more numbers than they were. So yeah, Just in terms of engagement then, yeah? Yes. Yeah, gotcha. So it's impressive, dude. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I, it actually kind of pisses me off because my numbers still have not exceeded. Like I, I had posts with like seven thousand, ten thousand uh, likes and engagement. The the impressions yeah, well, were ridiculous, and I've not even gotten come close. close. I guess that shows a decline in that organic reach that a lot of people are kind of talking about from the top end noticing it, especially because they have the numbers and they can see what it was, whereas yeah. people at the bottom where it kind of I am, you don't really notice it as much and you still have that compounding growth. But yeah. for when you, don't, you, when you do have that height, um, that's definitely when you're going to notice it. So that's interesting to, to see um, you experience that, which is... This is what I wonder if Instagram is, especially, is going to change things up so that that, that things change, or if it's going to, you know, die in the pants like Facebook and have to be something completely different or, or whatever. Which is a very interesting conversation. So, yes. Um, from LG's ex- well, your experience with LG, then um, I know that that's led to other opportunities. Um, how have they come to pass, and what's that kind of experience like? So from LG, I kind of learned, it was like my first foothold into understanding like how a digital account or or online brand could work with another partner to kind of get an outcome. And then I was just like, oh, from that, how can I kind of do that with my own iPhone? We're not, <laughs> you off. We're not trying to he's talk a, to you right now. He's a but, popular um, man. <laughs> so I kind of took that learning and tried to figure out how I could do that with my own stuff. So obviously there's a whole bunch of, there's plenty of partners you can partner with. You just have to understand like who your audience is and what of value is that audience to another partner. Obviously to you, they could be a, a value asset to your product or service that you can tack onto their wants or needs. But how can you, or not how, who can you find that already has a very robust product or service that can profit and or work with you to, uh, sure. I'm really trying to avoid the word take advantage because that's not the word. Yeah, well, no, 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 take that. advantage yeah, yeah. of the opportunity of what Yeah, to you maximize have the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally understand so that. that. That's what that opened up. My mind and the understanding that is what you can do with an audience. And then that's how... Okay. I started reaching out to, um, actually, I didn't, I didn't reach out to Adobe. Adobe reached out to me because I did a couple pieces of content consistently about them, and then they brought me okay. on for a couple pieces of content, just small things. Yep. Yep. And then I started pitching things because I got more comfortable. Um, yeah, I that's what I was going to ask you. Do, yeah. how, how is it that you, if it's not people approaching you, then are you going out actively to, to ask and say, hey, I've done this before or that, and, you know, presenting yeah. the the mutual um, advantages of uh, that engagement the, the there's always two sides there's people who are who are scoping people out like for example um, Pantone has contacted me a couple times to do stuff with them but I'm not sure it's a we're still trying to figure out what you know how we can mutual benefit and then so there's always different people who are looking for 
talent to help them with their content. Because as a company, and I'm only talking about like people finding you side right now. So there is an active, uh, what is the word? It starts with an I. There's an active initiative at companies where they're like, okay, we need people to, we need to find talent that can basically create content for us. Having those people in-house is hell of expensive. So that's why it's extremely advantageous if you do have an audience to go and pitch these brands you're constantly looking at that you feel is a market fit between you and them because it's too expensive for, for them to have these people in-house. If you make good content, even if you don't have a following, if you can make good content, they will hire you. Yeah, and right. so that took me a while to put, to, on, to put on their platform in if yes, that was the instance. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like if you have an idea for something that you can create with them and let's say you have like 500 followers, I know of people who have been like, yo, X, Y, and Z company, here is my skill set. Here's what I can offer to you. I see that you have done this in the past on your social platforms. I can help you as well. And at this price point, here's a little bit of something that I've been thinking about take a look but there's preparation that comes with that that that's pitching your talents but also your value to this potential partner and um that is on the side of co- of actively pitching people you could have an audience and you're trying to um you already have like the proof in the pudding of this is how much traffic you run this is what your audience wants and now you're just trying to bridge the gap between your audience, your personality, and your value add to these larger partners that can come in and uh, mutually benefit. So it's the side of the pitching and showing your value and what you can bring to the table versus uh, sitting and waiting. And the th- this started by accident, but you can't constantly rely on ac- happy accidents. Yeah, We're not Bob Ross out here as much as I would like to be. So Just add a little demo. Yeah, shit. I wish I could be painting birdies and trees all day, but though no, don't. I can't make money doing that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's super interesting because I think that's probably one avenue that a lot of designers probably wouldn't consider, where you'd be of a mindset where you'd start your own business, let's say, or you've you've just graduated, and the only kind of avenue that you'd have um, in in having a design career would be either working in house or as a freelancer, maybe, and working with other brands to create content for them is probably not even a consideration. And I think this is why I really wanted to have a chat with you about this is that it it is, and there are other avenues, like you could be doing affiliate marketing, you could be doing the sponsor stuff, you could be doing your own sort of content that can generate, um, you know, products or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, So this is super interesting to me in that from my perspective, doing branding for for businesses, um, you usually have like the, the businesses that I would work with are small to medium businesses. So they, it's, there's a personal story there. But when you're working with a big company, it, mm. it's, it's more of a faceless brand. So this is exactly why someone would reach out to someone like Brandon to engage with them to be able to create content and put a face to it so there was a bit of a human humanality and, and commonality between the, pe- the people that they're trying to target being, say, designers if it's Adobe, um, and be able to add a bit of value and a bit of context and, and relatability and all that kind of stuff because a brand just can't effectively do that. Even if it's from people in-house, it doesn't seem as maybe authentic, do you reckon? I mean, I think there's a sense of authenticity, but I think there's, not I think, I do know that people buy into people and not necessarily large organizations. And I think yeah, yeah, that's, definitely. 
that is why we have an influencer marketing thing that's or or industry happening now people are trying to per- purchase the trust and personality of individuals that can rep brands that's why we have um what is the term it's even it, it's been around even before influencer uh brand ambassadors right those are the faces of a particular brand and those are the we have evangelists we have people who are repping a certain piece part of an organization or certain um brands that's why there's always the face of the company and then there might be somebody who's in the back they might be doing uh, process oriented things but they are very into the how the business is running at in terms of operations but there needs to be a front uh guy or gal being able to be that face get the trust of the individuals or the customers the people yeah yeah i i i think it's tremendously great and probably yeah as i said an opportunity that people aren't designers aren't thinking about um in terms of expectations on yourself to not perform but to have you said you it, it could be off the metric um, that you get hired for something like this, being your follower account or whatever, or your skills involved. But then is there other expectations in terms of delivering on um, reach and, and likes and engagement, all those kinds of things with the content that you make if it's going to be on your own platform? Yeah, and it's all about what you're trying to sell. Again, going back to, it goes to how you're going to pitch it. We're going to talk about mm. two ways of how to pitch it. Yep. For example, I, in my last project with Adobe, I said we're going to, this is how many, uh, this is the type of metrics that I'm, I'm going to run, and here are the results in terms of how many views, impressions, et cetera, that we're going to get from this. That's one way of selling your product. Your product at that point is your audience and the translation of audience to customer, right? The second way to bundle it is, or uh, to pitch it is instead of uh, your numbers is how, or I see that you don't have this type of content in the market. I am capable of making this type of content and I understand because you guys haven't made it that there is either something internally that you are more focused on, but because your competitors are doing something very similar, I think it would be highly important for you guys to on the same front do something similar or you know fill that space yeah, for definitely. You for, and if you see some sort of initiative that is happening, but it isn't like full-fledged and you know you can do better, that is what you pitch. You pitch your service. Your that It's more like you are the creator rather than on this side, it was like the creator and the uh, deployer of this ad. Over here is like you're basically a human ad is kind of the easy way to explain it. And um, over here is like you are the creator and you're getting paid to create this idea. So would you, in that instance, if you're pitching an idea like that to to see a gap in their marketing or advertising or whatever it is, do you need to be showing that kind of work in, say, your portfolio to demonstrate that this is actually something I can do? I mean, it sounds like an obvious thing, but you know, at the end yeah. of the day, if it's something you might have created before, but you have the skill sets, you're obviously, I'm guessing, having to demonstrate that skill set in some way, shape or form, yeah? Yeah, and... To double it up, I would never approach anybody if I haven't built any sort of proof of concept, already have something in, 
going overboard is always better than in in over achieving is always better than being like sending an email. Hey, I had this idea. Would you be interested? Um, I don't know. I've never had success with, or maybe my emails just suck. Uh, I've never had <laughs> success doing it that way. People don't get interested in that. I wouldn't be interested. Yeah, yeah. No, I would be sure. interested if somebody sent me some. It's my food alarm. I would be interested <laughs> if um, I'm, I'm a very timely person. People. That's so good. Um, That's so good. <laughs> I would be way more interested if somebody was like, "Would you be interested in something like this?" Has X, Y, or Z attached? I can see like a one or two minute video of exactly what they are. Uh, they would like me to consider, or even like a 10-page deck doing a high summary of, um, you know, what are they talking about? What is their plan for execution? What can I expect from this project? And what are the next steps? Because that outlines to me, one, this person is highly, um, he's not just pitching me an idea. They have something in mind. They've spent this time on this, and they've already risked some of their time. So let's see where they're, where this uh, where this leads. And it could even just open up another conversation of something that they truly do need, and you can be that person to fill that uh, fill that up. So it might not be your idea, but you've gotten somebody's attention um, in a very important position, and that can open up a partnership. So there's always two ways, figuring out that value. How would one go about finding the right person then if you are actively pitching? Like, is it finding somebody via their contact information on LinkedIn? Is it approaching the company and just, you know, calling reception yes. and just asking for that particular person <laughs> that you're looking for the marketing manager of Disney or something Excuse like that? <laughs> Can I speak to Bob Iger, please? Um, yeah, what, what would that process look like for a designer if they wanted to do something like this? For sure. I am a massive digital stalker. So what I like to do, and I was talking to somebody about this, is it's it's stalking for the right reason. And I yeah, call yeah, yeah, it yeah. that to be funny, but it's truly just being informed so that you can have the you can hop into the correct conversation and at least be educated about who you're talking to, what they do, and you don't just like show up empty handed and not being seen as somebody who didn't take the time to even figure out who you're talking to to begin with. Yeah, I, I hate that. I, I get contacted like that, just cold kind of thing with, with providers that do websites and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, hey, and then their spiel. And it's like, <laughs> do, like, I've got a website. If you had a looked at my profile, you would have seen it. It's, it's up and going. Like You've just sort of wasted an ad spend there. And Yes. Like today, I literally got an email and it said, excuse me, could you please tell me if I have been in contact or I have contacted somebody who is a graphic designer. I was like, <laughs> "Have a look." <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna let that email just just sit there. Uh, I had a good one as well. It was just to compare. It was a guy that said, oh, "You know, where would I find a good um, branding person? Like, how would I how would I know to, how to choose the right branding person?" I was like, "Choose someone you know, like and trust." And they're like, "Oh, so you like you wouldn't recommend anyone on finding anyone online?" I was like, "Well, I do this stuff, like you." <laughs> Are you kind of like yeah. playing hard to get here or something like that? This is a weird interaction. Um, yeah. If you had a look at my feed kind of thing, you would see what the hell I'm talking about, which is an odd thing. So, yeah, so it, for you, it would be stalking um, in a good sense. <laughs> well, do, do your do your homework. Figure, like, sure. actually do your due diligence. Do those Google searches. Um, and if we're talking about titles of who you need to reach out to, so it's either the marketing manager or it is 
some of these companies have a new there's like a whole social media department and there's like head of uh, social partnerships or head of um, something related to influencers or like influencer marketing or something like that yeah. or, so yeah. it's either in the marketing department or they have a specific social media marketing manager and even if you don't email the right person if you have done your homework on who you're contacting in the first place you could and the other person you really need to find is a little difficult you can always email somebody and ask them to uh you know just ask a question a lot of a lot of what um i forget this too we forget that we can legitimately ask like i've asked just for like hey do you know of i have to get this thing done do you know anybody who could help me out with this and they're just like yeah let me talk let me introduce you to so and so tomorrow i'm going to put some time on your calendar and i would be like oh we can do that yeah, and so snap. it's just <laughs> <laughs> I, but i seriously it's it, i really i really do forget and i uh even today on some of the calls i've been on you know Anybody can get space on my calendar if they show the uh, space on anybody's calendar if they show why that time would be valuable to both ends or just yep. a genuine conversation. It's it's the the human component, even though simplified it is it is a human component showing that you care and uh, that you took mm -hmm. the time to really research this person and just reaching out. Yep. Um, it really does go a long way. And I'm just now realizing that after like, at literally at the end of this year, <laughs> just yeah, ask, yeah. even yeah, though yeah, I talk about yeah. it. Asking you shall receive. I, I'm finding yeah. that a lot. Sometimes I think we're just very hesitant to ask because we don't want to put people out or, or things like that, or have to have something owed or, or fear rejection, that kind of stuff. I think there'd be a lot of mindset going on there, which is uh, troubling for every designer and every person under the sun, I would imagine. Um, yeah. That aside, in terms of the, the um, interactions you've done with brands, then what would be a couple of examples, let's say just for brevity, of the ones that you've really quite enjoyed doing and, and what what did that involve um, you it doing? Was it, you know, blog kind of content? Was it video content? Was it showing up at appearances? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's two. There's two favourite kind obviously you guys are going to be like well you went to adobe well you probably don't know i went to adobe max the conference things are always so freaking amazing you get to meet the people you've been conversing with online building the relation like in-person things are way more important and way more um bonding than anything ever online i met so many people that i just regularly talk online and it's just in the seconds that we met just strengthened our, you know, our relationship. So that sort of thing is really cool. Um, On-site sort of uh, activations are really awesome. But I also, I really love video just because I love running my mouth. And one thing that I've, <laughs> I love just, just talking and, and, and teaching as well. And uh, a lot of the stuff that I've learned in working and doing these sort of partnership opportunities with the likes of Adobe is that, you know, sometimes they have an event that they would really like you to help, uh, you know, bring attention towards. And so that might make your content, they'll, you know, your content is driven for a specific task and you kind of have to be creative about how you're going to teach and also bring awareness to this specific campaign. And 
there also could be times where you have full creative freedom if you've pitched that project correctly. So there's, there's always, there's different ways that, or those are the two ways that I have experienced it, where you really have to, you know, work with them to figure out what is going to achieve their goals, what is going to achieve your specific audience goals, and still get the good results on the end. So in, in terms of that, then, does does that um, client or brand give you a sense of what, um, not to say, but to, to keep it in a realm where it doesn't become salesy? Like, if, if you're not all that confident in doing something like this and you don't want to come across as salesy, you go, you know, <laughs> you've got the new Adobe you know Creative yeah. Suite update, it's out now, or there's a 40% off discount for, for uh, Black Friday without coming across as that salesy kind of person... Is there some, is there some like guidance there, or is it a working sort of partnership to figure out what's the best avenue for for your, you know, audience? Yeah, they're really they're real. There, to be honest, there is a lot of flexibility. They don't tell you what to say. They're just like, you need to make sure that you don't mention any of our competitors, and that this is the event that's happening, and figure out. I mean, we know this up front. It's just like. Before anything gets made, they're like, this is the thing that, this is the event that we're trying to build awareness around. And there's content that you also produce around the people who go to these type of events. How can you mess the two? And where your job becomes, how can you really create good content for that? So the only way you would be able to really pigeon yourself in any of these situations, if you really don't take the time to uh, sit down and figure out what your audience would absolutely love in combination with the goals of the partner you're working with and when starting out these when you first did like that lg um kind of interaction there did you feel not like a sellout but i think that that's not the kind of terminology i'm looking for it's something that did you feel a bit weird about that or 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 anxious about putting something that's brand related to an audience that you'd not actively demonstrated any sort of connection with any brand or, or sale or, or awareness, did that feel a bit unnatural or did it, was it just, this is, you know, I think this is advantageous to you. So I think this is a good thing for everybody involved. I will give an example of when I did feel anxious and I did not work with the people. So I don't, I don't work with anybody unless I feel I can give something of value there have been partnership opportunities where they were, they had the check ready and they were like, let's just go. And I was like, eh, eh, is, is, no, I would not use this icky? shit. No, yeah, yeah. thank you. It's a nice mm-hmm. check, but no, thank you. Um, <laughs> people can get into that issue but that's where you just like do you really just want the money or that short-term thing and then have all your your audience be like i don't want that green tea gives me the shits like (laughs) what like unfollow me tomorrow if i have Um, yeah yeah yeah. yes so there's trade-offs trade-offs there um but you that's just that's just something you have to know for yourself and you have to know the repercussions of that. What that can do. Yeah. Yeah. Has that happened at all then in terms of N- demonstrating no, because an I, no. I understand. You've aligned yourself well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're a it good is, practitioner. They, they, <laughs> there's so many opportunities, but you just have to know, like, is this the long term? Like, if you're just 
in it to be like a uh I don't even know anybody who who does it like like this, but if you just want to be like a a person that's like a physical ad space, sure. Mm. But you I understand that like yeah, it's just just ads all over your face, yeah. Yeah, just just <laughs> burning putting tattoos of all these brands that are not really reputable but know how to cut mm. a check is is not mm. very good for long-term brand building that's like if if uh like one of our beloved brands like if hilton started promoting them like the hyatt well i'm pretty sure that is a freaking hilton hotel if marriott oh, if they started like <laughs> yeah, 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 promoting yeah, yeah, yeah. the marriott or like they started promoting like random things that don't make sense don't, don't align yeah like no yeah no i think it i think it's common sense for sure and that's probably why you'd see probably a lot of influencers that just don't get it right yeah be called out for it and be like i don't get the the connection here and it's like you've just sold me an ad on something when i thought this was a bit of your content and what like i've, I've seen yeah. that happen with a couple of people and they've had to go look I said paid promotion here kind of thing. And I'm sorry that it's offended you or, or whatever for different contexts. But I think if yeah. you can be very mindful of it, obviously. I mean, I've never had this interaction. So I'm speaking from no experience at all. But from yeah. a logical standpoint, I think that makes you know tremendous sense to, to be wise about what it is you're doing and who you're working with. Um, to kind of pivot a bit the conversation, you have as well your own podcast, um, Design Huddle. Mm-hmm. Time or is it not? Is it design huddle? Just that's it's it? design huddle, but some asshole took design huddle on Instagram. So, um, <laughs> it's like my, my good eye Frank on Twitter. Oh, God. Um, so in terms of that, have you found any kind of relationship that a brand has looked for for um, exposure during that um, podcast? Like, is that sponsored? It is not. That is something that we're trying to figure out. I got super in depth in the conversation today, which is why I'm super pumped today. Well, I'm mm. super pumped every day, except when <laughs> guys, I told Fr- you can cut this out if you want. I, I've have to take, this is how exciting today has been. I've been needing Please. to take a shit Love for the it. last <laughs> four hours. And I have forgotten every hour that has passed that I need to take this shit. But, um, anyway, regardless, going, going back to the podcast. No, we have not gotten any sponsors. Um, mm. <laughs> Uh, specifically right after that sentence. No, um, it's, it's a, we're really, (laughs) we're really trying to figure out how we can do that. We have had quite the, quite the brands reach out to us and just have people on the podcast, but I I don't want to hop to monetizing that just yet. We only have, what is it? 4,000 listens a month. And, um, you know, that's the, that's still pretty small. And so, um, you know, like. I finally was able to monetize my brand account. Um, and I'm not saying it's not doable. I just don't know the strategic way of how to pitch this new platform as of yet. And I've been, um, you know, with the conversations I had today, just some gears are starting to turn on that and figuring out how I can position the platform to uh, other partners. So that is, is still a great, really a white area for me. I'm still like a baby when it comes to understanding how to monetize that but it will be a combination of uh, ways to bundle this and i'm just thinking out loud here of what i've been piecing together is the bundle of not only design huddle my personal brand uh ryan's brand and uh you know a couple other things that we're going to be doing with 
the website in the hub, by the way. So you guys get like, I don't know when this is coming out, but when is this coming out? Uh, probably mid-December, I'd say. Damn, y'all are late. Okay, yeah. so... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> everybody. Um, no. We are going to have a design huddle hub where we're going to be doing a lot of cool things, including design competitions. Uh, that's one of the, I'm just going to give you that sneak peek. We're going to be doing... Well, if, if, this is, if this has already come out, then you may as well just blurt it out. <laughs> but I don't want... There's things, there's stages. To, that's, there's, that's, there's levels. That's all good. That's, all good. There's, yeah, yeah. There's that's, all good. that's exciting, though. That's good. Layer, yeah, so, layering in your brand there, which is, yeah, amazing. Yeah, we ha- we, we definitely have to um, go outside of Instagram because Instagram has so changed so much, man. Like, I have access to 1.2% of my audience on a on a rough day. Like, good day, we're talking about 1.87. And I used to, at a lower capacity, be able to reach uh, close to... The impressions I would run were very close to three fourths of a million, and now it is around um, very close, like 300, 400. Yeah. In a week. Significantly changed. So that was probably going to be my next question is where do you see your own sort of personal brand pivoting, maybe? Or do you have a sort of a game plan of where you would look to next? Is it just diversifying? What, what does yeah. that kind of look like for you for a roadmap? So diversifying, we're definitely bringing back because there is a show in the works um, for Design Huddle. And I am obviously going back to YouTube to uh, do some of this, but also have a foothold in terms of search. One thing I don't like about social media in terms of the Facebook type companies is that they are purely about virality. And you may have 15 minutes or 15 weeks of... uh, you know, fame, but you have to be able to spin that out and be business savvy enough to understand, like, you have to have multiple different footholdings. And also, most importantly, you have to have direct access to your audience. So we're talking email list um, by providing, uh, you know, free long term value. This is why I came out with my webinar. So I don't have to constantly be in my DMs and just answering a lot of questions there. And also going through a rebrand, like a lot of people are like, we just know you for your either your personality or your awesome designs or that we know that you give some tips to early designers so i'm rebranding into uh and this goes in part with design huddle like design huddles to help early designers either get into the industry get hired or just improve and that's why we reach out to top industry level executives or people who have gone through this journey so we can reverse engineer their success and bring some of those gems down. So going to rebrand to, I help you get hired basically. And that is, um, and be a better designer. Those two things. Nice. So and a in, lot of things in, in the specific, Fairly much in, in the space of uh, UX, UI kind of stuff? Uh, more, 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 more than that. Granted, it is like yep. UI design, but we're also... Mm. We're getting a lot of people in that space to to talk with, and I think that's a great starting place. I think that is our main mm-hmm. audience right now, so we're sticking with mm-hmm. that. But we would love to um, move into... It would be like UI, UX, creative entrepreneurs, like people who are trying to start businesses or agencies yep. in... Yep. That would be like the broader audience. And um, it, yeah, that would be those two things. That's where our mm-hmm. eyes are on right now. I mean, I'm always of the fact that, of the opinion that the more the better, 
because if you pigeonhole yourself with one kind of train of thought of education, let's say, um, if, if you're only, let's say, just focusing on Brandon or you're just focusing on the future or Michael Janda or shit, if this design life thing takes off, if it was me, I hope to God it's not <laughs> just me yeah. that someone's following. To be able to diversify your learning and take bits from everybody, I think it's amazing to, to be able to offer that in different contexts and and that way you're not having to not dislike that person just because of their personality, but they, you like their content, but that you can find someone that you can engage with as well at the same time as learning. You've got all these opportunities now that people are giving back now. Whereas I think in the design space, a lot of creatives are very, um, not introverted isn't the right word, it was very insular um, yeah. to keep and guard all the secrets to the to the castle and not you know, give the learnings what they've, you know, come to learn. Um, so kudos, man. Much appreciated. Very good. All right, I think we might leave it there. Grand Brandon has uh, given us a heap of uh, bombs there, and I think he needs to take a big dump right now. <laughs> um, it's, that's it's, right. My seat is quite warm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon is an amazing person. Brandon is an amazing personality, and that's one big, big reason why I wanted to have him on here early in this podcast that I've, I've started up here. Um, so thank you so much, mate. Um, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I'm still learning a lot from you as I go, which is uh, much appreciated from my end. So thanks so much, mate, for coming on here. How can people find you on Graham, on wherever it is, and your podcast as well? For sure. So, guys, you can find me on Instagram at Brandon Gross. Gross is spelled G-R-O-C-E. Super simple. Now, my website, same thing, brandongross.me. And mm -hmm. if you're looking for the best design podcast of all time, second place oh. to Two Red Chairs. <laughs> two Red Chairs. Oh, yeah, there we go. By I'm the, fine with that. Guys, we're not even fucking in Red Chairs. Can you believe this? I didn't even <laughs> yeah. get loaned a red chair to be in. Yeah. I, that, that, it's uh, no. fake news. This is where we can we, we can um, <laughs> Photoshop or <laughs> After yeah, Effects no. the shit out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, see, this is why I needed my green screen today, guys. No, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. in Design in Huddle, wash. super simple. Um, <laughs> I'm on there with my boy, Ryan Warner, who's the global product partner of Google. We talk about all things UI, UX, how to get hired, how to up your game in understanding UI, UX. Whether you're new to the game, trying to transition careers, or just learn something new or build a business. Amazing. And Done. that's it. Fantastic. All right, mate. Well, thanks so much for coming on. If you're listening to this on the podcast or you're watching this on YouTube, thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode of Two Red Chairs. See ya. Peace. <laughs>